Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier The Cottage on the Moor Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter 5 The Intruder In another upstairs room of the cottage, the professor was sat in silence. Wishing to avoid any further interrogation from Bill, she had remarked of a headache to Evie before her husband returned. Evie ushered her to a guest room, which the professor suspected had originally served as a cupboard until a small bed had been squeezed inside. Sitting on the bed, she stared distractedly at the ceiling, wondering how long it would take for Astrid to regain consciousness. She had resolved that as soon as she did, then they would leave in the timeship. Though her determination to discover what became of mankind had driven her for a great many years, the potential for exploration could not entice her to stay. As a girl, she had often dreamt of how the technological advances made in her own time might transform to something even greater in a future age. She had imagined herself walking through a transformed London, with carriages propelled by steam and buildings of sheer metal rising up to the sky. It seemed a wholly rational dream to the professor. If steam could power trains, then why not carts? And if metal structures as impressive as the fourth bridge could cross rivers, why not extend up to the heavens? It was the sky she dreamt of most often. In all of her dreams, the image that burned most brightly was of an endless canopy of stars, clear of the smog of London. She had longed to find an age whereby to travel amongst those stars had become possible. Now, though, all that remained of the world was a solitary cottage on a desolate moor, surrounded by people who meant her and Astrid harm. When the time came that the two friends could leave, she would endeavour to see if this was truly all that had become of the earth, or whether some golden era had been born in her own time, only to wane by the era she now resided in. Empires come and go, she uttered quietly to herself. Her contemplation was broken by shouting downstairs. As before, when she had heard Evie confronting one of the scavengers, the words were dulled by the thick stone walls, but she was certain the deepest voice belonged to Bill. She got up from the bed and stepped over to the door. She held her ear close to it, but the shouting below became no clearer. She resolved to get closer, but pulling at the door, she found it locked. She rattled the handle and pushed and pulled, but the magnetic lock held strong. The shouting rose, followed by a crash. Without hesitation, the professor moved to the window. Unlike the doors, the windows held no technological advancement. The metal handle on the frame had clearly not been touched in a long time, but she managed with great exertion to pull it free, only to find the window had been fused into the frame by years of rain and grime. She pushed against it, but it remained stuck. More shouting sounded from below, and this time she was certain she could hear Evie, clearly in great distress. Fortunately, the smallness of the room quickly became an advantage. The professor placed a hand on the wall opposite the window and steadied herself against the tiny bed. She lifted a boot up and pressed it against the edge of the window frame. 
trying as best she could not to focus her balance on the glass. She pressed down hard, and with a rending of moss and mould, the window opened. She poked her head through to check the terrain below. Now she could just make out Bill yelling downstairs. Get out of my house! Get out! I won't warn you again! The professor clambered up onto the window ledge and prepared for the fall. With a deep breath, she jumped nimbly down to the ground and rolled to soften the impact. Getting to her feet, she noted she was at the back of the house. It was only now she perceived that the windows of the downstairs rooms were covered by heavy wooden shutters, mounted on the outside of the cottage. Trying to follow the sound of the voices, which for a moment had subsided, she traced them to a window on the side of the building. She approached the heavy shutter covering the glass and tried to peer through the cracks of the wooden planks. Through a slither of a gap, she thought she could see Bill standing in the laboratory. He was pointing at someone on the other side of the room. If you think I'm going to hand it over now, you're as big a fool as I always thought, he growled. Bill, please, just do it, Evie was imploring. It's nearly the end now. What use is clinging on to all of this? There was a deadly pause before Bill, who had moved out of the professor's narrow field of vision, exploded. Don't you dare speak to me, he screamed his words underlined by the faint smashing of glass. Don't you dare! The final words were a yell, but as Evie retaliated, the professor's attention was drawn by a peculiar sound coming from the other side of the cottage, like feet scrambling on stone. She abandoned the boarded window and moved around the house. Dangling against the stone wall was a rope, stretching up to a window which she reasoned opened onto the landing. The smashing glass had not come from the lab. Someone was breaking in. Grabbing hold of the rope and making sure it was secure, she began to scale the wall of the cottage. At the end of the rope was a grappling hook, snagged onto the banister of the staircase. The professor clambered onto the landing and caught her breath. All of the doors were closed. She made straight for Astrid's room when the blast of a gunshot exploded through the cottage, followed immediately by a wailing cry and heavy footsteps. The professor ran to the stairs, ducking under the climbing rope as the front door opened and the cold night air sent a chill through the building. Descending into the hallway, she found Evie sunk to the floor, her eyes filled with tears. She looked out through the open door and could see someone retreating towards the hillside, but the darkness denied any hope of identifying them. Evie began to sob, and the professor slowly moved across the hallway to the open door of the laboratory. Lying on the floor, his face contorted in agony, lay Bill. She dropped to her knees and moved her hand towards his neck. A snap of static energy leapt to her fingertips and she flinched. Immediately she recalled the weapon Bill had fired to warn away the scavengers. The burst of energy sent fizzing into the sky. She moved her hand to the back of his neck and, feeling no shock this time, made contact with his skin. There was no pulse. She grabbed one of his wrists to be sure, but there was no sign of life. Whoever had found their way into the cottage, whoever it was that had demanded something of Bill he was unwilling to give, had taken his life instead. Looking around the laboratory for any sign of disturbance, her eyes fell upon the archway on the far wall. She approached it, sensing something was amiss. Some disturbance in the air prickled against her skin. Placing a hand upon the metal plates filling the frame, she was surprised to find them warm. 
A crackle of energy sounded nearby, and the professor saw that the control panel had been wrenched away from the frame of the arch. Inside, all manner of wires and circuitry had been blasted apart. Now who's been tampering with you, then? the professor muttered. Then came the scream. The professor grabbed the dagger she had kept tucked into her belt. She moved out into the hall where she had left Evie, but the old woman had gone. Quickly ascending the stairs, once again dodging the rope thrown through the window, she found her in the doorway to the right of the stairs. Holding her knife tightly, the professor walked across to join her as she once again sank to the floor in dismay. Before them was an empty bed. Astrid was gone. The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier, The Cottage on the Moor, an Unbound Theatre production, written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson, with music by Kevin MacLeod. <laughs>